Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 802 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari accurate dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Rick Dollywall is going to join us in just a moment here to kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. To the phone lines we go. It's Friday. It's 8 o'clock. That can only mean one thing. It's time now for the human wagon, Rick Dollywall, here on the Halford & Breff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Rick? Positivity, positivity. That's what it's going to be today. Poopa, I Poo-pah. say, to your positivity. What did you think of last night? Well... First of all, 20 wins in 30 games. Like, I mean, did either one of you honestly think that they'd be, no. you know. Rick, you know, I have 20... never been more surprised by a team than I am of the Vancouver Canucks this season. That's it. Ever. That's it. That's it. This is it's shocking to me. And, you know, the big I, I know there's people out there trying, you know, wishing they're going to fail. But we said at the 10-game mark, then the 15-game, then the 20-game mark, are they going to, you know, regress and are, are they going to fall down? We're at the 30-game mark, and one team's got more points in the NHL Vegas. That's it. I think we can say it's a good team that's well-coached, and the players are buying into their roles and identity. Again last night, balanced ice time. Everyone got ice time. And you're not overplaying your stars. You're using all four lines, 60. That's huge. Because if they do go to the playoffs, the last thing you need is is Pedersen, Hughes, Heronic, and, and you know, and, and Miller and, and and Besser to be, you know, dead tired. The last three games, the ice time has been very, very balanced. Top forward last night, eighteen minutes. Zadorov, you know, led all D with twenty-one minutes. I don't think anyone's saying they're winning the cup, but uh, brought for your tweet last night. You were bang on. After the last ten years and what these hockey fans in this city have had to put up with, how is this not one of the, one of the best stories? In the NHL, and for and and one more final thing, you can't say they're beating up on weak teams. And by the way, every game is tough. You, even the weak teams, you got to beat them. Four of the five games on this homestand were against tough teams. You know, they beat Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida, and lost to the Devils on a atrocious mistake in the last minute. So it's uh, you know, yeah, it's hard not to be impressed by what they're uh, doing right now. Well, it was great. I thought Luongo really got the crowd warmed up when he said, you know, it's hockey's fun in Vancouver again. And he said, I'm happy for you guys because you deserve it. And uh, he's right. It is is fun to watch these guys. We don't know what's going to happen with the team, but but we're invested in it now. Right. Well, we don't know. We, We just have no idea. But like, think of the last few years. 
we knew what was going to happen. They were going to miss the playoffs. That's right. Right? Like, and it was just like, oh my God, we got, how many more games of this do we have? And all of it would be just like big picture conversations about what they should do. What I enjoy now is actually talking about, you know, the third line is playing well. Um, you know, what do they do now when Pew Suter comes back into the lineup? You know, that's the type of stuff, the day-to-day stuff that we kind of stopped doing the last, uh, the latter half of the, because the, it didn't matter, right? You're like, who cares? There's a few suitors back in the lineup. They're not missing. They're not making the playoffs. Oh. Is that fun for you as well? Oh, fun is uh, fun. Yes, and and three goals from the bottom uh, six last night, uh, Jason. Um, two goals by Joshua. Uh, you know, somebody tweeted last night. You know, uh, the pro scouts on Joshua. I want to make one thing very clear. Abbotsford GM Ryan Johnson did the bulk of the work getting Joshua to sign in Vancouver, and you know he's now what did, what did he score last night? He's fifth and six. He's a UFA. Yep. There's another player. That's another guy who was in Tockett's doghouse and then worked his way out of it. He was called out of camp for being not in shape. He was healthy scratched. He came back from his healthy scratch with 12 hits in the next two games. Just like Hoaglander and Kuzmenko now, these guys are getting into the doghouse, but they're understanding and realizing what it takes to get out uh, of, of Tockett's doghouse. And Kuzmenko's got goals in back-to-back games. So a lot of the credit I, um, uh, for me it goes to the head coach. They're they're buying what he's preaching, and you know they understand their roles and identities. I mean, this is a this is a, I, I I give talk it a lot of credit uh, for what's happening, and he's now using four lines and sixty, which he wasn't doing last year, and none of the coaches in the last three years were doing that. They were overplaying the stars, and they're not doing that anymore. Hey Rick, I know you want to talk about this. What did you make of Jim Rutherford's media tour? <laughs> That's what it was. It was a media tour. Rutherford is clearly in a better frame of mind than last year when he cut off the media and there was so much turmoil, so much negativity last year, so many tire fires away from the rink. Did he cut off the media or was he cut off from the media? No, I think he did. I think, uh, you know, it's his first go around in a Canadian market. And last year there was so many negative stories, but it wasn't just on the ice. They were losing. There was the Boudreaux thing, the Rachel Dory thing. There was uh, just so many tire fires. I, I think he just walked away from the media. I, I think it, in a Canadian market, it, it gets to everybody. It, they're all human. Uh, you know, nobody likes to read uh, yourself getting ripped in the paper or on social media or whatever. I, I think he walked away. But I, I think this year is different. They're winning. There's no tire fires. He's feeling good. This month was the two-year anniversary of his arrival. I told you guys a few weeks ago, he's got a great relationship with the owner, Francesco Aquilini. The two have already started talking about an extension. Aquilini is clearly letting him do his job. He wouldn't be talking extension if he wasn't letting him do his job. Rutherford's 74 years old now. He's in good health. His family loves it in Vancouver. There's no reason why he should not sign an extension. There's a couple of points I I want to mention uh, to both of you from the Rutherford interviews this week. And by the way, all four outlets uh, got them, did a good job with them. There's going to, they're going to take their time on free agent players. They have a whopping nine players on their roster who are UFAs. They're not in a hurry to make those decisions yet on players like Tyler Myers. Myers is going to be interesting because if they can't land another right shot deep, I can see them keeping him all season. And who exactly is going to cover his 18, 19 minutes every night if they trade him? He played 20 last night, by the way, guys, 20. Not 18, 19, but 20. So that's going to be an interesting situation as we get closer to the trading deadline. Also, he gave you a glimpse of his view on prospects and development. He thought Hoaglander was rushing into the NHL. He said the plan with Pod Colson, 
not to rush him. He's going to let him play and play and play. When he gets to Vancouver, he'll have 100% confidence. Would not surprise me, guys, if Bob Colson is down in Abbotsford all season long. It gives you insight in how Rutherford's going to deal with Jonathan Lacaramacki and Tom Olander as well. Rutherford, if you look at his history, he does not rush prospects, and he, I don't think he's going to start doing that in Vancouver. We're speaking to Rick Dollywall, Canucks reporter from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Czech TV here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, you mentioned the media tour. I mentioned the Donnie and Dolly Show. I saw the clip where uh, Rutherford was on your show talking about Ethan Bear and Ethan Bear's decision not to sign with the Vancouver Canucks. Now, I wasn't reading or trying to hear things that weren't there. Rutherford sounded a little annoyed that they lost out on Bear, did he not? Yeah, he did, and you're bang on, and I'll tell you why. Because the Canucks thought they were the front runners. They were very disappointed. I'm going to tell you right now, they were disappointed. They thought they could get Bear for $1 million on a one-year deal, but as soon as Bear got term from another team, it was over for the Canucks. Uh, Bears expected to sign a two-year deal in Washington, just a tad over $4 million. If you're coming off a 10-month injury like Bear, and a team offers you term, you take it. The Canucks were in no position to do term. They can't. They can't. They were willing uh, to do one year and then take a look at him again uh, to re-sign him in the offseason. Uh, they wanted him bad, and I'll tell you why, guys, because they didn't have to give up an asset to get him. So the Canucks and Bear, I do want to get this in. We're talking about a three-year yeah, three deal last year. I believe it was close to $3 million a year before he got hurt at the Worlds. They were not far apart on that three-year deal. But talks broke down, and then things changed. Uh, they really changed after he got hurt at the World Hockey Championships. And now you guys want to know why players get insurance when they go to the Worlds? This is why. And uh, Ethan Bear did get insured, and, uh, you know, he's been taken care of this year because of that insurance. But uh, it's, it's, uh, this, is the, this is the danger that you get when you send players to the Worlds, and Bear ends up 10 months out. But, look, they wanted them bad. They thought they were the front runners, but as soon as the term was on the table, everything changed. Speaking of term, how much is Nikita Zadorov going to want? Oh, that's a good question. Um that's a good one because when you look at defensemen available on July 1st, the Dorofs, oh boy, he's going to have a lot of interest. Is I don't know if you guys saw this, but Milstein quote tweeted, is that what they call it? A quote tweet? Uh, I, I, yes, I think so. Yeah. Somebody tweeted that the Canucks are uh, four and one since they acquired. Well, they'd be five and one since they got Zadorov. And Milstein quote tweeted the the money sign. <laughs> Whenever an agent does that, <laughs> you know that uh, he's looking at something. But anyways, the Canucks will have big time interest to re-sign Zadorov, but it won't be cheap. And it looks like Zadorov will be looking for term. Um, most of the defensemen on July first, if you look at the list right now, are over thirty years old. They're thirty two, thirty three, thirty four. Now there's guys like. Zadorov and Hannafin, who are not. They're 26, 27, 28. That's why he's in a position to ask for more term. Zadorov's age is, is going to help him on July 1st get term. Rick Tockett loves this guy. Tockett's fingerprints were all over the, the trade to get him. The Canucks have the advantage of talking to him, obviously, before July 1st, but this might be a little bit tougher than most people think. Let all do with 21 minutes last night. So they got to resign Petey. They got to resign Philip Peronek. They got to resign Nikita Zadorov. Um, where well, does there's like I, and and there's more. They're they're like Lafferty's a, a pending more. UFA. Bluger's a pending UFA. Ian Cole's a pending UFA. Oh. Um, so where does it? 
Like, do they, I, I mean, are they going to be able to keep all these guys? Because no, I think no. I think that what we're a lot of people are wondering right now is like, okay, the Canucks have gotten to the level right they are right now, and you know, as optimistic as we've been and uh, complimentary as we've been, even guys like you and me are like, they're not cup contenders yet. So how do they get to that level um, considering they've got, you know, they they do have some nice prospects, but I feel like those guys are a few years away. Yeah, they are. And it, it, Rutherford hinted this week, don't expect, you know, us to, to, to go make massive trades. There's something to say about chemistry. Go look at the Rangers last year. Who did they get? Tarasenko and Kane out in the first round. Yeah. There's something to say about, you know, Tockett loves his guys. You know, you mentioned all those UFA players. Uh, they got nine UFAs on their roster right now. The guys I see them signing are Zadorov, Bluger, DeSmith, Lafferty, and, and, and Dakota J- Joshua. Those are the Myers. I don't know what's going to happen with Myers, if they do re-sign him, you know they're gonna. I, I, I would you do a two million dollar deal with Myers for another couple of years? Sure, yeah, um, maybe I consider know, it. Considering the yeah. considering the absolute lack of right shot defensemen that's available. It. And that's it. The other one I want to mention to you guys is is that uh, Juleson. I can see him staying in Vancouver all season. If they acquire another right shot D, he's still a good depth piece. I was told that even if Ethan Bear signed in Vancouver, Juleson wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, they, they've really been happy with him. Uh, it's a right shot D depth. Last night, I think he played close to 16 minutes. He's been really good in the last week, week and a half. So there's something to say about chemistry as well, guys. This is, looks like a tight-knit group, um, you know, but they, they got these nine UFAs. You know, you look at Calgary and all their UFAs, and what do they do with Tanev? You know, what do they do with Lindholm and Hannafin and all these guys? Canucks are in a bit of a different position because clearly it looks like they're going to the playoffs and the urgency isn't there to do anything with their UFA players right now, and they're in a much better spot in Calgary. So you got to keep an eye on chemistry. You got Like, it's rolling good. All these guys are believing what Tockett is uh, is, is preaching. It's a pretty good setup right now. I, I wonder if, uh, you, you know, I if you're expecting a big trades, Jason, to add at the deadline, I don't think that I, – I, I just don't see that. Um, hey, Rick, I want to ask you and ask us anything if you've got time. And we asked Moj this uh, in the last one. Who do you Moj, think Who do you think the next Ring of Honor Canuck is going to be? Oh, for crying out loud. This is so easy. It's Tony Tanti for crying out loud. Like, what? They, Wouldn't they, he be in already? No, Tony Tanti's not in, no. No, wouldn't he be in already if it's that easy? Okay, okay, but you explain to me who scored 40 goals more than Tony Tanti? Who scored over over 30 more than Tanti on crappy teams in the 80s? For me, it's Tanti, and it's not even close. I, I, I know what you're saying, if it was, if it was, if it was, but for me, it's Tony Tanti. I, I grew up watching the guy, I, you know, I grew up with the, the Petri Squico, uh, Tony Tanti, Smeal Green, Fraser, those guys. I hey, love Don't forget guys. about Patrick Sundstrom. 91 points. Uh, that was the team record. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday. He was on DTMZ. I love Patrick Sundstrom, uh, Lars Moline, Peril of Brassard. Hey, what about, what's his name? Uh, the number nine <laughs> oh, there. That guy. Uh, no, no, the guy that came from Atlanta. Oh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Donnie, uh, uh, Boulderab, Boulderab, Ivan Boulderab. Are you kidding me? I love Ivan Boulderab. Donnie remembers as soon as I said Ivan Boulderab. But listen, those guys, Tony Tanti, why is he not in, Jason? Like, I don't why? know. I don't know. I don't like, know. I have come no idea. on, people at the Canucks office, wake the hell up! How is Tony? Who scored more goals? I mean, you know, all the. the, the anyways, to answer your question, Jason, it's Tony Tanti, and you know, people at the Canucks office, wake the hell up! It's Tony Tanti. Rick, it's always an adventure. You're Thanks, the best, buddy. buddy. Have a great weekend.
Adios. Right. Rick Dollywall, Canucks reporter from Donnie and Dolly. Also playing uh, everyone's favorite game of our age group. Just name some old Canucks. Yeah, and forgetting it a little bit and yep. then remembering it. Yeah, It doesn't have to be for any particular reason. They don't have to be good. They don't have to be bad. Robert Nordmark. Yep. I don't know a ton about Tony Tanti. He had 45 Honestly. goals one season, and that was, when I was a kid growing up, there were two teams that didn't have 50-goal scorers. It was New Jersey, who still, I, I don't think they've ever had a 50-goal no. scorer, no. and it was the Canucks, and the Canucks also never had a 100-point guy. So I think it was in the same season, Tanti got 45 high goals, mm-hmm. and Sundstrom had 91 points, and those were the team records until Pavel Bure came along. And it was always kind of embarrassing, like in the 80s, when, you know, even in our division— the Smite division, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Kings had Marcel Dion, who would consistently put up 100 points. The Jets had Dale Howarchuk, like, and the Canucks had no 50-goal guys and right. no 100-point guys. And that was really why the Canucks never really became, I don't want to call them a serious franchise, but, like, they entered a new era when Pavel Bure arrived. Yuri Slager! That's part of the game. Anyway, nice. um, so I... I when I was working at, I'll use that term loosely, but when I was working at the athletic, um, I, for some reason, I decided that I was going to do the world's deepest, most exhaustive dive into how the ring of honor works. I remember that. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. You know what? It wasn't all bad. Most of it was, but, um, there were parts that I remember that stood out anyway. <laughs> um, so the one thing I remember in trying to figure out the criteria and how the process goes is there wasn't anything super formal, including there was no sort of chronological order to it. When they first started it, it was almost like a backlog of guys that they needed to get. It's like, we need to get to some of these guys. They've been yeah, yeah. they've been in the community for too long, and we're just going to start doing it random and willy-nilly. So the first one was Orlan Kurtenbach. And that's like a nod and an homage to the start of the franchise, the original captain, the original, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, and the date of induction on that was 2010. Like this is this is the the Ring of Honor has not been around even for the entire life of Rogers Arena. So after Orlando Kurtenbach, then they jumped way forward and the second inductee was Kirk McLean. So they jumped about 20, 30 years ahead mm-hmm. and said we're going to go straight to, you know, the Kirk McLean era. And they were like, "Can you crank a horn?" That was last night. And then after McLean, they went back again and they put Thomas Gradine in. So they went back to the 70s and early 80s. And Harold Snaps. Right. And then Pat Quinn. And then they jumped forward again <laughs> and went with Matthias Olin. So the reason that I bring this up is like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that one day they wake up and they're like, okay, Tony Tanti. It seems it's like your time. Like, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to the, you know, this guy's from this era. This guy's from that era. Right. It just, they can just put him in at any point. I think Tony Tanti should be in the ring of honor. I wonder if sometimes that you bring up, he, for the longest time, he was the lone star of the Vancouver Canucks and he had a good perm. He did have a good perm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) do you think sometimes they look at their schedule and they're like, ah, we don't have anything to think for this game. Right. We, (laughs) we need a ring of honor guy. One of of the three games. (laughs) Dial up a ring of honor guy real quick. One of the three games this year where we don't have a pregame ceremony. (laughs) Or they theme. might as well just start saying puck drop every game. Is it like six, seven twenty from now on? Like that's yeah. just, that's puck drop seven twenty. It's not seven seven twenty. Well, I always look. Is it a one anthem game or is it a two anthem game? I used to when I used to go to the games in the press box. I would pride myself on getting there right a puck drop. Right. Yeah. 
Um, cause that's, it is now, I mean, it's one of the great sort of like, that's why I didn't have to talk to any of the reporters. No, it's, too. it's one of the great untolds in the <laughs> NHL is buried in either the daily email or the notes for the game. They'll always put the actual buck drop is seven seventeen, but they don't want right. to advertise it. Mm-hmm. Right? The white caps do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They send out a game day email and then at the very bottom, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, official kickoff will be at 7.23 this evening. You need the printout they give to the visiting team yeah. that has the actual... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> to the field at this time. Yeah, that'd be yeah. good if they if they cut the anthems. I'm good with that. Uh, Ian Mendez from Oh, is it because anth- you, you hate Canada? Yeah, right. I'm not a big anthem guy. Yeah. He's American. Yeah. Not a big anthem guy. You're just going to show up burning the flag yeah. next, I bet. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Ian Mendez... Or, or if it's going to be an anthem, sing it really quickly. Ian Mendez has a story about this in the... Is this why you're mentioning this? Or well, this yeah, no, actually, nothing? a texter texted it in as well. Oh, okay. Texted it in the link, yeah. And he wrote it because uh, there was another anthem. I think it was in Buffalo this past week that got royally butchered. There was two this week. Was there one with the Flames involved, right? I don't know. There were two I just know anthems, the Buffalo one. I forget the teams playing, but there were t- one was the Flames game and another one. It's unfortunate was... we don't have the audio at the ready. We just kind of came up with this. But I, the, I have one, actually. Do you? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll filibuster here for a sec. The one in Buffalo may be the best powering through of a butchered anthem ever. Because I was listening to her sing it. A real Halford-esque she was. She embodied everything I want to be in an anthem. And, and after the anthem, in Halford fashion, she was like, I almost screwed that up. Yeah, she's like, but I think I got it. Everyone's like, no. That anthem it was in Minnesota against Calgary. Was okay, the one let's hear it. In all of us command, from far and wide we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, oh Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Our anthem is so repetitive. You know what? That's a good powering through. Because if you got to the far and wide part and you're like, I think I already said this. Yeah. But, but you just keep going. That is one far and wide country. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't know the lyrics. Can you sing that one again? Maybe do you, they'll do you buy know, it. That is another reason why I sometimes get uncomfortable during anthems. And it's why I always appreciated uh, their old anthem singer, Richard Loney. Yeah. That guy was such a pro. But sometimes they'll bring out the anthem singer and it's like his or her first time yeah. doing the anthem. Or sometimes when they really want to make me nervous, they'll bring out a kid yeah. to sing the anthem. And I'm just like... It feels like I'm on a flight that has really bad turbulence, and I just sometimes I that's just the most exciting part of the game. Get the, it is it's a it's a rush, but not yeah. a, it's not a good rush. Well, my, does, my anyone wife else, does, does anyone else feel like that? Though, oh, totally. when you're watching an anthem and you're like, oh, this is going sideways, and yeah. that person is out there all alone. Yeah, nobody. That's what we, honestly, nobody's there to save them. I, I I I know I'm maybe making a bit much of this, but Luongo to go out there with just a microphone and talk. No notes. As long as he did, and as well as he did, and he was getting a little bit emotional too, and just to, you know, I, again, he was kind of beating himself up uh, for forgetting to, to mention his goalie coaches, and he, and he mentioned them, and he thanked them with his, during the intermission with Murph, but like, to be able to do that, that takes something special, like, point, what, 0.1% of players could do that? Maybe, maybe, maybe even less. Maybe even less. Like how many of them would want most to go up there? Most of them go up there with it. Most That's of them go up there. hard skill for most, sure. Most, most go up with the speech are, written, right? You are all by yourself. Yeah. And not only are you there. doing it, you're doing it well. I mean, a lot of people can yeah. go up and do it and it's awful. Yeah, that's but true. very few can go up and do it and also command the audience and everyone's hanging on his every word. Laddie, were you going to say something? Well, yeah, I was just talking about the anthems. My wife sings anthems for all various teams around the area. So if you want a perspective from an anthem singer of what it's like. 
Does talking. she get nervous or does she enjoy performing? She it? enjoys it. Yeah. I don't think she's ever been nervous, honestly. Really? Yeah. The, the bigger the crowd, the better. Because when you can hear them singing along with you, I think I think she enjoys that. Oh, that's rather awesome. Than we should get her to sing the anthem for every show. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure people would anthem. love that. Start with the anthem. Why not? Can we do a double anthem? We, we broadcast into America. When we have Brady Henderson on, we can do the American anthem. Yeah. We can be like, all right, let's do the American anthem. All right. Anthem. Uh, we got one final segment on the Halford and Bruff show. Get your Ask Us Anythings into the Dunbar Lumber text line 650 650. Oh, hold on. Or sorry. your What We Learned. Yeah, not to interrupt, but I forgot. Well, I didn't mention you just this. At did. All. I know, but it's important. It's an important interruption. Um, if you want a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza Place on East Broadway, uh, hashtag it AUA. So it needs to be an ask us anything. This is important. We have rules. We have standards. Ask us anything, anything with a pizza emoji. That's going to get you the $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza on East Broadway. If you want tickets to see WWE SmackDown on January 5th, that's got to be a what we learned. And you need to put a ticket emoji into the text. All your texts go to the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. You are listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. <laughs> On a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Back half of it. We got a million things we got to get into. Uh, hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at Campbell-Pound.com today. Uh, it is Food Bank Friday. If you want to donate o- online, uh, go to the Food Bank website, foodbank.bc.ca. Uh, you can also donate via text slash emoji. Ready for this? Text to 30333. Uh, a carrot emoji, $5 donation. Uh, banana emoji, $10 donation. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? And a heart emoji, $25. It all goes to a good cause. It's the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. Donate today. All day. Friday. Food Bank Friday. Uh, okay. We are going to do one. Oh, you've got a what we learned, Laddie. You do, yes. You're going to go now. What we learned. Uh, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we are sports people. I know you, you like to call them the normies. Yeah, mm-hmm. those people. And they start to learn about sports things. And people, we have them in our family. You know, people ask you about the Canucks when they're doing well. Yep. Well, this, this Taylor Swift-Kelsey uh, relationship, it's sort of it's bringing football to the masses, right? Yeah, so people are starting sure. to discover what football is for Bri- the first time. Bridging the gap. And yeah. I think this this tweet sort of sums it up perfectly. Uh, it was going, it's pretty viral, so some people probably saw it over the last day. Uh, but Entertainment Tonight released uh, a tweet saying that they were... They saw that Travis Kelsey was noticeably absent during Taylor Swift's 34th birthday celebration in New York City. A source tells ET that he, quote, remains committed to playing his best and doing his best on and off the field. The team practices are critical, mandatory to attend, and something he takes very seriously. So it's no surprise he stayed in Kansas City 
ahead of this weekend. Right. Games. So there's a bunch of Swifties out oh there that are God, like, I can't so believe awesome. practices are critical. Went Mandatory to his football even. practice. <laughs> yeah, my son misses soccer practice all the time. <laughs> I just read that. I thought that was hilarious because it just gives you perfect perspective on yeah. somebody has no idea what sports are about at all. Right. Coming into this conversation. Can't you just miss your practice? <laughs> Do you need to go? So it's you've 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 coached uh, baseball and soccer, and I've coached hockey. And sometimes moms will say stuff that you're just like, uh, Brendan has to miss practice this morning because he has a test at school today. I'm like, right. oh, the okay. practice is this morning. He'll still make school. Yeah, he's in grade three. <laughs> I've How had, important is this test? To be fair, I don't just want to pin this on the moms. It's everybody. There's as many clueless fathers out there as there are mothers. <laughs> Here's the thing: is uh, in a semi-serious note, um, there is a real issue with people that don't have a sporting background that they don't understand that they're just signing up for a sport. They're signing up for a team sport. Yes, yes. right. Like I, I have to tell the parents at the beginning of the year, I'm like. This is not drop-in. Like, if you show up 50% of the time, it makes it really difficult because the other kids on the team, team, (laughs) team are relying on you to be part of the team. And if you decide that you don't want to show up for whatever reason, you let the team team down. And I keep saying the word team, and it just sometimes it doesn't resonate. Not even for your girlfriend's 34th birthday? Right, you can't like that's practice? the thing, right? Mm-hmm. You you commit to a team, the group together creates goals and then tries to attain them right. together. It's it's a life lesson. You can't do it if not everyone is participating, right? If someone doesn't show up because they have a cello practice, well, a lot of non <laughs> non sporting people like to join teams or, or put their kids in team sports because it teaches them those lessons, right? About yeah, being exactly. part of a team. But and, I think and I, I, I and I, I don't want to like besmirch these people that just don't have a sporting background, but they're like, oh well, you can you know you can show up to soccer day and you'll get some soccer practices and you'll learn some soccer skills. I'm like, no, but you're you're signing up for a team sport, right? If you want to do a drop in thing. Join, do an individual sport like karate. Like no one cares if you show up to karate practice, right? <laughs> your karate team will be. Uh, your sensei so might. <laughs> All right, give us a mook out on that. That was very good, laddie. Uh, okay, let's print out some submissions into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Okay, uh, we got some business to attend to here. What we learned brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at two hundred dollars off. Visit them at getfireplan.com. Oh my god. Okay, uh, we're doing giveaways straight away, right? We're doing a $100 gift card to AJ's, and we're doing the WWE SmackDown. Andy's got both. Three, two, one. A-Dog, take it away. All right, for SmackDown, uh, congrats to Vance the Insulator. Uh, Luongo came in like a dead man, resurrected the Canucks when the fans needed him most, choke-slammed haters, tombstone pile drove the competition, then Demko comes along and takes the Panthers for their last ride. Brock coming back like the one, two, three kid, and Kuzi looking like he wanted to hulk a maniac after the team's first goal last night. So he's, he's, he's won the pizza stuff? Yeah, pizza giveaway. <laughs> so, uh, imagine. I thought I was going to have to explain it. would be a it, like, perfect troll job. Now, too. Jason, those are wrestling references. Mm, there are you got it, which is too good. many wrestling references. Uh, by the way, sick pull with the one, two, three kid. Anyone? No idea. No? I know the dynamite. He later kid. became X Pac. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Sean Waltman. 
Where he can't, the streamers he can't, just saw the, the great crotch chop. You can't, do the, crotch, you can't yeah. do the crotch chop anymore. <laughs> okay, so who is that? Even though I'm doing it on camera. Uh, Vance the Insulator. Okay, long, congratulations long to Vance in, in the Insulator. You'll get to go and watch wrestling. Uh, what about the $100 gift certificate to AJ's? Yeah, Sean from New West with a good ask is anything. In an emergency between the four of, four of you, so the four of us here yeah. in the studio, who would be chosen to attempt to land a plane, drive a bus, bring the ferry to the dock, and who would just sit back and enjoy the last moment with some delicious pizza from AJ's? <sighs> So okay. Which of the four of us would be the one that saves us, and which of the four of us would just give up right away? Who would be the Sully of the group, right? That was the pilot, Sully? So right. wait, are there three options for doing things? No, no, we use those as an, as an, an example, like right? land a plane. Like land I feel like landing a plane is much, I mean, I think the, I the would worst do it. going to happen with a ferry. You're just going to crash a ferry. I think yeah. I would demand to do it just because I have control issues. Yeah. <laughs> I think Halford would start doing it control. and start failing, and then you'd get, in there, like, get out of here. Let me, like, I, you know what? I, I bit off more than I could chew. Ruff, do you know what you're doing? Oh, yeah, sure I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's really confident, so I'm going to go with it, even though I'm not sure if he knows what he's doing. Yeah, we'd crash, for sure. Has anyone operated like either heavy machinery or... <laughs> or let's go big picture. Anyone ever done I any? Drove a forklift once. You drove a forklift once. Okay, that's good. That kind of. I, I mean, I wasn't supposed. Do you to, think but... this would come up? It's like we need to land this plane. I've driven a forklift before. <laughs> How'd it go? God damn it! You're, uh, the, yeah. you're the most qualified. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. did it go well? It did not go well. <laughs> I crashed the forklift, but I drove it at it for a time. Um, I've driven uh, a small boat once. I didn't. I, I hit the dock pretty hard when I tried to bring it in. So maybe I'm not the best for this. Anybody Taylor else? Hall. Sorry. Taylor Hall. He, uh, he failed his boating Famously like failed his times? open yeah. book boating test multiple times. God, I guess. <laughs> best part, multiple times? And best part is you it. say open book. <laughs> well, it is. Has he failed an open one? book test? And Taylor, yeah, you'll right find there. the answers right there in the open book. <laughs> oh, you dropped your ball. Notice the yeah, notice the line I'm pointing to, Mr. Thompson. Yeah. Um, I think it would be rough, the control issues yeah, thing. Anyway, sure. congratulations yeah. to our winners. By the way, if you're going to AJ's, like, do not shy away from the fact that you're going because the Halford and Bruff show told you to. We love it because it makes us look like, I guess, some form of social media influencer. Like, we're not really, like, posting pictures, but we're influencing people. Mm -hmm. And AJ's, they love it, right? They love hearing about how people are, why people are showing up, right? Also, drink lots of alcohol when you're there. Yeah. That's a good idea. Do that anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jeff from The Grove, ask us anything after years of watching the Canucks fail. How long will it take for me to watch this team, not expecting them to lose, but instead expecting them to win? Um, I don't worry as much, not nearly as much, when they have the lead. And as the weather losing, gets cold. Aren't, aren't they perfect? They don't lose. Taking the lead into the third period. Um, again, I know the Canucks were self-critical uh, of the way they played in the third period. Uh, Rick Tocca mentioned it. JT Miller was very critical of the way his line played. In the third period, um, and if you look at the analytics of it all, uh, Florida did dominate that third, but I just didn't feel like the Canucks were... To me, like I think it all comes down to game management. Like, the Canucks, when they used to play with the lead, and this is either last year or the year before, like they would go on these offensive forays and be like, and there's a back pass. There's a blind back pass. And, yeah. you know, I've said this a few times, but like even Shorty would just be like, what are they doing out there with the lead? Like, this mm -hmm. is crazy. Maybe um, yesterday they got a little too conservative and sat well, back a little much, but, you know, they won four nothing. Yeah, they got the shutout. Like, I, I didn't feel any, uh, I didn't feel any worry whatsoever about heading into that third period. I was like, mm, they're going to win. You know what? Okay, I hate being this guy, and I'm sure JT Miller was forthright and 
honest in all his emotions and his feels, but I kind of feel like that was put on a touch. Just a smidge. A little Just bit. to make sure that the guys don't get too yeah, comfortable with like, themselves? Like, I get it as yeah. a leader and everything. And then and then they, that give talk at the opportunity to be like, that's classic JT. He's never satisfied, you know? He's always wanting more. Classic professional athletes, always wanting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin in Abbey with a What We Learned, hashtag WWO What We Learned. Sergey Bobrovsky got confused last night by taking the ceremonial face-off and then proceeding to think he was a playmaking center. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was not. That was a great pass. That was honestly good. It was right on his tape. One, and I know recency bias. I'm sure there's been others, but one of the most egregious turnovers Mm. I've ever seen from an NHL goalie. Do you think? Do you think for? Like a uh, half a second, Dakota Joshua thought, "Don't miss this, Dakota." Probably, <laughs> like, I should probably take my time. With the this sheer one. surprise of getting that pass yeah. on your tape was Dakota. Enough if you miss this, you you're off the team. This one that must have felt so good to like feel the weight of the puck on your stick. I'm like, I've got it. This is incredible. Dakota's going to score a goal. He referred to himself in the third person. I don't know. You're the goalie expert. I know you did well, a little diagram on Twitter yesterday yeah. about where the pass probably should have gone. The answer is anywhere other than Dakota Joshua, but anywhere yeah. but the slot, and that's kind. Of the, the yeah, first, along the ice. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many questions. What was he seeing? The first what, thing what they possibly you, was he seeing when they tell goalies to start handling the puck when they're like eight or nine years old. You tell them pass it anywhere, just not through the middle. Mm-hmm. Even if you think you have an option, safer bet is to go behind the net. And for whatever reason, Bobrovsky decided to go I, right at the Dick, middle. Dixon and Abby with a, what we learned. Hashtag WW what we learned. Kairu is sounding more like Caillou these days. We also accepted uh, Jordan Cryu. As a, a moniker, but Caillou also. Works. I don't get the Caillou one. Do you know who Caillou is? No, really? No, who is it? I guess you didn't. Yeah, you, they, my well, friend. no, the kids didn't overlap because yeah, they every kid uh, four years and under. So Rosie's right in the Caillou wheelhouse. Caillou mm. is a <laughs> I'll use the term beloved loosely uh, a beloved cartoon character for children. He's oh, okay. he's just a kid who's four. Does he cry? Each a lot? day he yeah. learns some more. Yeah, he cries a lot. He's, oh, okay. he's a crier. Bald. He's bald. Very annoying. Oh, I think I know who he that wears is. a yellow T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not showing Rosie Caillou. I'm not showing her Blippy. Those are the two I'm staying yeah, away. Bl- from. Honestly, Blippy can go to hell. Yeah, like, I am not allowing <laughs> my daughter. That's actually one of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in hell, Blippy. <laughs> Lou in Calgary. If you don't know who they are, I envy yeah. you as well. Anyway, don't watch Caillou. Oh, we didn't even mention this last night. Uh, Ferraro made this incredible Tommy Boy reference, and Shorty completely missed it. Oh, not here or here so much, but right <laughs> here. <laughs> so, as soon as he said it, I was like, "Did he just make a Tommy Boy reference? That is awesome." Tommy uh, like Wingy, <laughs> Lou in Calgary. What we learned, morning guys. Shouldn't Gino be on the Ring of Honor? Yeah, I played the about toughest role in hockey. Had a scoring touch and a massive fan favorite. He'd be there if it was up to me. You know, Lou. I think he'd be there if it was up to me as well. Could you put him in posthumously? I guess you could. Why yeah. not, right? Yeah. I think I put it this way. When I went to double check mm-hmm. all the inductees into the Ring of Honor, because I was like, did Gino already up there? There he is what the Ring of Honor, I think at its essence and at its core, given I'm now the like oral historian of this mm-hmm. thing, self-appointed. Um he kind of embodies everything that it's supposed to be. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, like you're a, a, a folk legend, like a local hero, like and kept kept coming to the Canucks games. Like he was a fixture right? at Canucks games in the alumni box, the heart and soul of the yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that's kind of what the whole thing was supposed to be about. Which again, not to relitigate this, but I always I do I don't usually have sympathy for big corporate entities like the Vancouver Canucks, but I do feel bad because I think at at their at its core, this was a a good initiative. Mm-hmm. The Ring of Honor is a, a good thing. 
it wasn't meant to like divide the fan base, <laughs> rip them in half. Where it's like, oh, if you're not worthy of a jersey retirement, you get thrown into the lowly ring of the honor. The precedent's already yeah. been set. Heart and Soul guys get their numbers retired. The dungeon Stan of meals honor. up there. You got to uh, retire Ojik's number. <laughs> the dungeon ring, they call it. Yeah. Uh, ask us anything. This is a fun one. If Luongo's number was retired, but the Canucks were limited to only six numbers to hang from the rafters. Whose number comes down? The answer is obvious. Daniel Sedin. Right. You have to split those two up. I mean, he wasn't even the captain. Yeah. He had the worst attitude of the two. Tired yeah, of him yeah. riding his brother's coattails yeah, all the exactly. way to the rafters. I'm not answering that question. Andy did already. You Andy it. did? Yeah. What was it? What? If, you, if, you could, if you were limited to a set amount, a finite amount of jerseys in the rafters and you had to take one down. Oh, yeah. Naslin, easily. Not even like for a second. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I, w- I never thought he should have been retired to begin with. So he's the one I would have taken down. Easily. Related to Marcus Naslin will not be appearing on the Halford and Bruff show. On I do, I do agree with you. Within a second. Like yeah, no, yeah. And nothing against Nazi. I like Nazi. Well, something against Nazi because he was, was just say, ripping, ripping his jersey from the Raptors. <laughs> I wouldn't so rip it. I would carefully remove it's it. It's not so much your choice. It's how cavalier you are with it. Well, it's just because he's the one that stands out of the ones retired. Uh, someone pretend like it was a debate. Someone, <laughs> 100%. Rip that number 19 down. Uh, someone named uh, Noah Boa Bing Bong has texted in. Good enough. Ask us anything. How do I tell my wife that I bet our retirement fund on Besser winning the Rocket Richard trophy? What a gambler. Uh, I, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, he probably, he probably won't. Right? Um, but what he's doing is incredible. And I think what's like, this is total old school hockey man. Like, what's impressive about what Besser is doing is a lot of his goals are kind of garbage goals. He's just going to the net and swatting pucks in. Yep. You know, it's a little easier last night on a five-on-three to go to the net, right? <laughs> he almost missed the first one. <laughs> yeah. I, I took well, quite the bounce, by the way. Well, Off the post, uh, off of Ross. Well, he meant to do that. He's he's, he's rolling so hot he's right just showing now off. that he's just like, bing, pass it right to <laughs> so, myself. What are we looking at? And in the goal. What are we looking at here? We're looking at Matthews currently leads with 23. Mm-hmm. Besser's second with 22. Kucherov's third with third with twenty. Then you have four guys tied with seventeen. City Crosby's right up there. He's Sid good. is having an unbelievable year, and he is being dragged down by guys like I hate to say it, Malkin and frankly Carlson. So you got Reinhardt. Do you Crosby. know I started to dream about uh, next year when Sid's a pending UFA? Oh yeah. And uh, the Penguins are kind of still a mess, and we got the Pittsburgh connection here. Oh man, that'd be amazing! You know, there was another Ask Us Anything. Yeah, it's, and uh, I can't Stamkos. No, no, no. There was another Ask Us Anything that said, um, if you could pick the. Oh, here it is. The team is looking good. Yeah. What type of player would you like to add to make them a contender? So Buddy. I would say, you know, like I'm well, Sidney Crosby, but but like a hard-nosed scoring winger for PD's line. Oh, how about Steve Stamkos for PD's line? Yeah, I'm just talking about, the, he said like the type Stamco- of player. But okay, but this is what I'm saying. Well, they, they're not training Stamkos. Why not? They might not make the playoffs. They're like fifth in their division. Yeah. That's a tough division. But Let's I, say, let's but, say Tampa Bay... I don't know, falls on hard times and they're on the fringes of making the playoffs or not. And they're looking at Stamkos and they're like, do we just let him walk for nothing or do we make We're talking about two guys who that most people expect to to play their entire careers with yeah. their respective teams, right? Like Stamkos as a rental would be I just, sick. I, I hope guys like I hope Sid doesn't stay overly loyal to the to the Penguins. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Tough. Like oh, he's he playing so well. He probably they're staying, will. they're staying he pretty loyal will. to him. He probably will. Um, the Lemieux connection. Lemieux never left. I don't. But how are they going to get better? 
if the, if if what they've got right now isn't good enough, and you got Gino getting older, and you got Latang and Carlson getting older, like how like how are they going to do it? Are they? I what I don't want to see is Sid to just kind of on this team that's you know definitely has a bunch of future Hall of Famers, but isn't very good. It's a pretty easy way to reposition it though. Just when they're ready I'm to move on. I'm a huge Sydney Crosby fan if you Yeah, know, if I know, but it, when, when it's time for yeah. them to move on, which I think inevitably there will be. It'll just be the we're doing this for Sid. It'll be the Ray Bork to Colorado thing, right? Like, you know, we're Some gonna, teams have a hard time letting go though, right? Like it's like Washington will have that with Ovechkin, the Canucks had that with the Sedins back I think in the that's day. Why they the Capitals in, are going like, to have to Teams don't want to rebuild cuz they want to win for the players that are loyal to. And, I think and, and you know what? It's dumb. Because no player is bigger than I don't the franchise. No, I, right? I don't disagree. Like that was the argument with with the Sedins yep. back when the Canucks first should have started mm-hmm. rebuilding way back in whatever twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. This is why Pittsburgh brought in Dubis and signed him to a seven year contract. Was it was like he's sort of a more forward thinking, mm-hmm. not going to be tugged at the heartstrings that we need to preserve the past. And they gave him a long term deal to do it. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy if Sidney Crosby has to leave Pittsburgh. Unfortunately. Kyle Dubas is going to be the guy that's going to orchestrate it. That's what he's there for, really. Yeah. And Malkin and Latang and whoever whoever else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just what he's there for, big long term, big picture. I don't th- like. I would not be surprised if Sidney Crosby does not finish his career as a Pittsburgh. Oh, I would. Sure. I would be. I wouldn't be. I would be. He's no. tight with Lemieux, and Lemieux. Yeah. Would. Never dream of leaving that organization. Mm-hmm. I think Hard if there was it. an opportunity I, to I, go win a ring somewhere else, he would do it. Here's a text. Sid is going to go play with his bud in Colorado yeah. and a couple more cups there to finish his career. Him that, and yeah, I could see that happening. They can film all the Tim Hortons commercials they need. I guess of all the things that I'm worried about with the Canucks, and the list isn't as long as it used to be, certainly, uh, that first line still. like it, I don't even know if you can call it the first line anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's multiple things, right? Like I don't think PD looks himself for maybe it's an injury, maybe it's confidence, maybe it's a combination of both. And you got Mikheyev who is a nice player, but not a finisher. And then you've got Lafferty on the other wing. And as much as we like Lafferty, I don't think he's a top six player long-term on the team. So, you know, people ask, I mean, the question is just like, if there's one type of player that you'd want, I would say it would be a scoring winger for Petey. And and maybe that's Kuzmenko, right? Maybe Kuzmenko is that guy, and that's why his struggles early on in this season have been, people say, oh, it's a non-story. I was like, it's not a non-story. It's a big deal. Yeah. He, well, he's a guy that scored 39 goals last season. Look at how well the Canucks are playing in these last four games. Has Petey been a big part of that? I don't think so. No, well, because he needs a running mate. Everyone's got a running mate. That's the key to this whole thing, right? A lot of the stars that you're looking out there, they got someone riding shotgun right beside them that's either setting a table or pulling a trigger. Okay, music means we got to go. Uh, it's been a really fun week. A bunch of Canucks victories. You got a crazy, crazy back-to-back on the weekend. 11 a.m. on Saturday and then noon on Sunday. So enjoy it all. We'll be back on Monday to talk about it. But for now, uh, we got to say goodbye. Congrats to our winners. Go to AJ and enjoy watching guys wrestle in January. Signing off for now, I have been Mike Alfred. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. I'm so happy for you guys. Hockey is fun again in Vancouver.